When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. And after a weekend that's left everyone feeling a bit down in the dumps, we're going to spend this week's show going into a bit more depth about Guardiola's setup for this season and the reasons for it. So I'm David Booney. I'm joined as usual by Sam Lee. Morning. And we've also brought in Jim, who runs the Twitter account City Tactics. Hi, Jim. Morning, lads. So you can read everything on City and more in The Athletic right now for £2 a month for 12 months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, now, obviously, we uh, we come off the back of a disappointing derby defeat. Um, Sam, I'm very quickly going to start with that because uh, yeah, yeah. everyone everyone's going to be listening to this thinking where all the kind of where all the reaction to that is. Um, and I kind of feel that we don't really need to do it because I thought City's performance was fine maybe not fantastic but it was I thought they deserved to win the game and they got screwed over by a bad decision yeah funnily enough before I knew how this podcast was going to go you know the the focus that we're actually going to do I was thinking and look don't get me wrong we'd have talked about it for 55 minutes if we'd had to but I was thinking I was like what what more needs to be said like it seems like everyone's agreed on it everyone's agreed that City didn't play particularly well but they were, were better or okay I thought it was diet City basically yeah, in the way the way they were in the second half, because obviously the way my job is, it gets to a certain point in the game when you start thinking, "What am I going to write here?" And this is at one 0 to City, and I was like, "What if they hold on to this?" Which I, you know, I wasn't certain they would, but I was, if they hold on to this, it's been better. But you couldn't say, "Okay, yeah, they've cracked it now." You know, you know, we said after the Chelsea game, it's all right having a, a, um, a result was the only thing that mattered, kind of night. If the performances then improve afterwards, and like after Southampton especially, it certainly didn't improve. And then, yeah, the derby, it was a step in the right direction, but not brilliant. And then the, obviously the other thing to discuss, there's just no point in discussing this because it's a bit like Guardiola said, right? you just waste energy. It just feels yeah. like wasted energy. But like, obviously there's been a there's been a bit of a debate on, on my Twitter mentions at least because I said it's a problem with the law and, you know, a lot of angry people and a lot of, well, I don't know. A lot of people thought, you know, it's just a problem with the referees themselves making a bad decision. Either way, we all think it's offside. So there's, you know, it, it just wastes energy to go into it any further. You know, we could bring up what about this example from last season, or what about this example from two seasons ago, or what about this, or what about this. Just doesn't um, matter though, does it? But, well, like, I, mean, yeah. I mean, look, look again, look. If we had to talk about it for fifty-five minutes, we could. And the way I've started here, it sounds like I'm going to. But, <laughs> but like, like it's, yeah. Um, the, the thing is, we're, we're not going to because everyone's on the same page, roughly, about where that leaves City. I've written an article about it. I'm going to write another one about it today. And then we've got plenty of other stuff to talk about, which is the bigger, big, the bigger picture stuff and that kind of Haaland adaptation, which we talked about last week and I've written about on Friday, and no doubt we'll write about it again and just how it's all, uh, it's all coming together, yeah, um, falling into place or otherwise. I, I think there is, I think there is like interest in the actual performance stuff, like take out the refereeing decisions and stuff, because to me it felt like it was almost like a culmination of where we've been, where we've been heading to. 
it was mm. like 60 minutes with we dominating the ball and we've not had a shot on target. And he's really happy with that because, you know, we're not giving away too much over the top. And to me, that felt like we've been on this path. Where are we going? And like chances over the last few weeks, okay, played these, played great, posted like the highest XG in the, in the league um, in that match so far this season. But then since then, chances have been diminishing and diminishing. But as long as he's not giving away chances at the other end and we're dominating the ball, he seems happy with that. And I think that's that is where we are. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into well, all God, of that. That is it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that is it. That because... is the changing approach this season. And also, like, um, it, it, yeah, and it, it kind of it would work last season. You know, if City went 1-0 up, that would be it. But not necessarily now because there isn't that solidity. But obviously yeah. we'll, we'll go into that right well, now. Well, Sam, you you referenced it. Um, there is the debate uh, that kind of surrounds City at the moment seems to be uh, our City a better team without Haaland. Um, and it's ultimately, Jim, I don't think it's as simple as that. The Southampton game where they were awful, they didn't feature Haaland from the start. The United game where City had some real spells of pressure did feel did feature Haaland from the start. Um, and I, again, ultimately, it's probably a pointless discussion because you know City are not going to play without Haaland. This is actually a discussion of what changes City need to make to find a system that works for Haaland, isn't it? Yeah, I think what's really interesting is like basically Haaland's been brought into this team, and we just haven't changed the way we're playing. Really, it's like the, there's just been an addition to the element of control as opposed to like trying to get the best out of Haaland. Haaland's just been brought in, and we've just said to him, right you'll get chances in this team, but we're not really going to play to your strengths. But he's worked, he's you know, scored 27 goals and he's been getting those chances, he's been scoring them. But because it's like the article that Sam wrote on, on Friday, when you've got De Bruyne and Haaland in there together and that's who he's decided to go with and they're his risk takers, then elsewhere in the team he feels like he can't take as much risk. And it's, yeah. it's like he said on Saturday after the match, he said, Oh, you know, Erling was fine. We've got to find him more in the box. Um, but he had, he had, you know, I was happy with the amount of touches he, he had. So that's obviously on his mind. And like he had 19 touches. It's like, all right, which, you know, I, I fully agree with who cares how many touches he has. But that is a difference to what, how we've played previously. Last season, I looked at it and I think Ferran Torres had the lowest touches per 90, but he hardly played. And after that, it was Jesus. And that was like 49. So, you know, Haaland's running at about 24 at the moment. So it's a big difference. And I look back to like Aguero and Aguero on the, on the pep was running at about 39 touches per match. So he isn't involved as much as any other player that we've ever had previously in effect. So it does change the way we play. There's no doubt about that. But the adaptation is frustrating, especially for fans, yeah. because it's it just seems that the adaptation is to become more become slower become more methodical and try and get the ball into the box room at some point and we'll, we'll, we'll get a goal yeah and Sam I guess that's uh, that frustration is kind of spilling over because that's what's not been happening in the last few weeks I mean uh, it's, uh, you, you, the, we were joking in the in a run-up to the derby that Harlan needs a goal because he's on a dry spell but it's like it's like three games or something now where he's not scored and you're hmm. like well how many times have they actually found him a chance in those three games well this is the thing right so the 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 adaptation period to Haaland has been like up until now the story of the season, but like it's not a major it's not a major deal. 
Because if you look at how it's worked, there's been some bumps in the road. You know, you could say like drawing a villa or the, the Everton result or whatever. Or the, the Everton result was fairly unlucky. But just kind of tie into that, well, we'll score one and then keep it tight. And not they don't change, do they? People were saying City at the weekend, they should have pushed for a second goal or they took their foot off the gas after they got... I don't think that they, was the case. I no, thought they, they were zipping it around. They, they, they I thought were they were zipping it around quite confidently, actually. But what Guardiola would want, I think, was we'll keep doing this. Because obviously what had worked for 20, 25 minutes in the second half, he would be thinking, well, this is gonna, this should keep working. If we keep doing this, we'll be all right. We don't need to push more and we certainly don't want to push less. Um, you know what he's like about pushing more. That's the patience element. And obviously now, as he's kind of trying to find a way to control these games and have this balance in games with Haaland, certainly won't want to force it. So just carrying on, I suppose it depends on your point of view. If you want people, people either want to push for more goals or just keep doing what they're doing. And to me, I think that... The latter kind of makes sense. Um, but anyway, like the Haaland adaptation is obviously this kind of the story of the season overall. But the overall picture, bearing that in mind, you know, going up to the World Cup, even after the World Cup to an extent, it's been fine. Like the performances have still been good. City's still winning plenty of matches. They've still been playing well. It's recently things have gone, for want of a better expression, tits up. And that's not because of Haaland. This... If, if things have been like this all season, you could say, okay, it's because they've really messed up by bringing in Haaland. Things have been going absolutely fine with a couple of like, bumps in the road. But that's, you know, I put in the article last week, you could argue they've taken a, a step backwards. But with the obvious goal is to take two or three steps forwards. And yeah. you'd think this City team, Guardiola, Haaland, they'll get there. And, the, you know, when Guardiola was asked about Haaland after the game, as Jim mentioned there, you know, in terms of finding him, he just, it was a very, it was a one sentence answer. And the last words were, but we will do it. He was like, we will do it. And obviously that's partly kind of bravado, maybe. Just don't you worry about it. Don't talk about it. Don't be dicks about it in the press. You know, me included, I guess. Um, but we will do it. But I'm just, I've got that confidence they have that they will get there. The issue now is, I think, whatever else is going on at the minute. You know, the Gundogan quote, the Guardiola talking about complacency. Yeah. Um, or this is this is the problem. This has disrupted everything. Like the Haaland thing was that was a kind of manageable step sideways or backwards. This is a shambles. You know the the the, the performance at United wasn't really a shambles, but the whole situation at the moment, Southampton. You know, the, like I said after the Chelsea game in the league, they weren't particularly good then. I didn't think they were particularly good in the FA Cup game. They weren't this kind of stable city that we used to. Southampton was obviously terrible, and then you got whatever the derby result was, but the big decision as well. The problem now is all the other off the field things and just that kind of lack of rhythm. So in terms of eventually going back to your question there, the last three games, Haaland not having chances and all this kind of stuff, it's you can't look at the whole season and say, God, Haaland to City's not working out at all. Because it, it just is, or it was. Now there's something else going on and that's what's kind of set everything back. So if you're talking yeah. about the Derby performance, in a sense, in a sense being a step in the right direction because they need to just get back to where they were before. And I'm sure now the sacrifice City fans would make was quite... Ha and look, I know the Grealish and Mahrez thing. It's not like Grealish and Mahrez always deliver 1-0 wins because they've played in a lot of games where the results have been crap. So I'm not saying this is the only way the City can go forward. And as I've said a lot of times, Guardiola is looking for other ways. It's just that's the kind of most 
kind of solid, settled way that he likes to do it at the moment. It's the it's the experiment that's kind of had the most success in terms of what he wants to do. But I'm sure everyone would rather go back to, okay, we'll have Grealish and Myers on the wings for five games in a row, hypothetically. We'll just settle down, control the games, be really slow, win those games, and then carry on the experiments and trying to do it differently. The problem we've got now is they're trying to overcome all kinds of different problems with Foden being out of form. Cancelo, oh, can he only play left back now? Can he just not play on the right? <laughs> Like Walker just coming back to fitness. Yeah. Um, Akanji, he switched off for the second goal, didn't he? But you'd always want Stones in there anyway. I'd always want Laporte, but in fairness, Ake's been good. You'd want you'd want your best def- defenders back in there anyway. Um, obviously, with the fullbacks coming back to fitness. Um, Gundogan's been a bit, one of the players who's been a bit off it since coming back from the World Cup. Um, Bernardo, De Bruyne's form. You wouldn't, been, you wouldn't yeah. say Bernardo's been way off it, but he's not quite as high standard. You know, in the first half, when I know it was only one pass, but you know, in the first half on Saturday, when he's kind of flicking yeah. the ball with the outside of his foot and it just yeah. set him up for a transition. It's like, like, you don't do that. De Bruyne's been awful, basically. I know he got the assist, but no, no, no one's even going to dispute that, I don't think. By his standards, he's been awful. And then, and now we're sitting going, oh, Harlan's not had many touches. They're all playing crap, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, so yeah it, the adaptation period is the big thing in the whole season but what's exacerbated it is everything else that's going on but yeah. obviously now City are behind and there's like oh what's going on what's, what's going on is there, there will be some some sort Harlem of has made them, that, yeah. but this, this is what we were talking about last week when we did the, um, the podcast from the court you know I, you, you could do with this information you could say oh City of Sina Harlan is a big mistake and like, I kind of you know I, I'd get why people are saying that but you need to look at the overall thing it's not been a big mistake over the course of the season because they were in they still are in contention but they were in more contention before the results were more or less fine the performances weren't top city but they weren't like they are recently they just need to get back to what they were going up until the World Cup and they'd be absolutely great Um, and then uh, things would would roll on but obviously at the moment there's kind of no I asked Guardiola he talked about you know, related to the, the Gundogan stuff, and he said, you know, they didn't deserve to win the game against Southampton and whatever team he would have picked, you know, it would have been the same result. But he was very happy with their application and commitment and stuff on Saturday. I was like, do you have a feeling about what's going to happen next? And he just went, no. And then he spoke about different things. And he came back to the main point being this, the results aren't as consistent as they used to be. And I think it was in the embargoed bit when he was like, look, before we could maybe play badly and still win. Um, and play well and win and whatever. Like whatever happened, whatever the performance, we would win. But now that's just not the case. So obviously he's kind of trying to find answers there. Yeah, Jim, um, you mentioned Aguero before, and I do find the, uh, the the kind of similarity between adapting to a system with Aguero and uh, and adapting to a system with Haaland quite interesting. Because I'm wondering how much of, of the future City will be adapting to what Haaland does and how much it, and how much it'll be, um, but kind of building a system to fit Haaland in. Or how much of it will be moulding Haaland into a system that works for City? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, at the moment he looks like it's the latter, doesn't it? It's like it, it looks like he wants him to drop deep to get involved, but I don't know. Just look at it. it's not his game, is it? It's like you know you've got Aguero doing that. His techniques like off the scale. You know he can take players on. He's comfortable like on the ball passing. You know Haaland's not. He's not that player. You know that that's not his strengths. He's the he's the best centre forward in the world, but he's not. He's not a player who drops deep and gets involved. And you know he can do it. But to me, I don't know. It's never gonna. It's never gonna work as smoothly as, as Aguero. But then, do you adapt yourselves to try and play two straps? I thought at the beginning of this season, I thought it played De Bruyne and Haaland high, and we try and get the ball to them quickly when we, when we win possession if we can. And if we can't, we just carry on in, in the same mode that we we always play in. 
but we've barely done that. And I just, if we've not done that so far, I just don't see that as an adaptation going forward. I think he's, it's like I say, he's almost so far down this road of control and slow, slow, slow build up that I think it's really difficult to turn back now. Yeah. And I think even like you look at Foden, it's affected his game to me. It's like, you know, he, come, he, he turns back because he's being told to turn back. And, you know, he's not in games at the moment. He's out of form. X is out of form. Y is out of form. Z is out of form. We know that these players are top players. Are they all out of form? Or is there something wrong with the setup? Or is there something like going on in the background? Like, this, you know, the rumours? You know, it's, it's adding two and two together in game five at the moment. But I don't know. It's just it doesn't feel right at the moment. And that's very rare under Guardiola that you're in this sort of situation. Yeah, we'll just talk. I mean, just talk us through um, kind of what City were doing last season with the false nine that they they can't do this season. Is it as simple as they've got another body in the middle? Yeah, you, you, you're just playing through them all the time. So it, it's when you're knocking it about in midfield, there's somebody else there to pass it on, to you know take the ball, dribble past somebody, open up a bit of space for somebody else, and you know we're just missing that at the moment. You know, and like like I said, like Harland was trying to do that on on Saturday. He was dropping deep, but it just, it just doesn't have the same effects for me. I, I don't know. Maybe you can learn it and become more accomplished at it. But, you know, I don't think you're ever going to, like, he's never going to be folding doing that because, you know, Foden's happy to take it, to knock it off. That's his game. He's, he's comfortable in those areas. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, that, that's what you're missing. And, you know, it's difficult for centre-backs as well. It's like that's when he mentioned it on, uh, on Saturday. He said, I had Haaland coming deep so that Shaw would follow him. And it would drag him out of position. And that's great. But if the link-up play isn't good enough, and on Saturday, it just, it just tended to be... We are getting in decent areas, but it tended to be like Walker who was getting on the ball in those areas in the first half, and the full-backs were playing wide. So we couldn't get our attacking players in good areas. And second half, it improved a bit because he inverted the full-backs. But it wasn't really Haaland that was making that difference. In, in terms of playing it into him and getting on the ball. Whereas as previously, it would be the false nine who's making that difference. Yeah. Even if, it, that was, if that's Jesus, De Bruyne, uh, Foden, whoever. Because they're all do, comfortable doing it. Yeah, do you think it's the... I mean, do you think it's that that kind of led Guardiola to go back to that? I mean, we, we all talked about the fullbacks at the start of the season, stepping inside in, into the midfield. And we've seen him do it like kind of like with Cancelo in the past and have, have the one player do that. Uh, but then I, like, at West Ham, it was very distinct that Walker and Cancelo were both doing it and stepping in to make a three with Rodri. And it's something we'd not seen since he tried to get Sanya and Zabaleta and Clichy doing it in his first season. Um, is that all ultimately to get that extra body in the middle? Yes, it's just compensation for it's. It, well, it all stems from his petrified counter attacks to begin with. So that gives you more bodies in the middle to defend the but goal. But then the mad thing about the game on Saturday was that they were so caught out. Walker was up high. Um, yeah, Cancelo yeah. was part of the back three, but Akanji obviously pushed up because you know. City. We talked about Diaz doing it, but obviously it's something that all City centre backs have to do. He pushed up to challenge Rashford, but then he was like 15, 20 yards higher than. The centre back, uh, yeah, the two remaining centre backs, which are Ake and Cancelo and Rodri, and that was the problem. Then it, it was so strange. I mean, you're obviously right. You know, he's very concerned about the the counter attacks. That's such a, that's the weird thing. Like, there there wasn't really that protection. Um, but yeah, we'll, we can we can go back to that later on. Yeah, so he's petrified of counter attacks, so he's getting more bodies in the middle. But at the same time, it's it is to compensate for Haaland and De Bruyne. 
being in the centre of the pitch and not offering either defensive cover or, you know, De Bruyne's a risk taker, Haaland's a centre forward. There isn't that rhythm in there that, that a Gundogan, a Bernardo gives you. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it develops because at the moment, then those two are like untouchable. It's they they start every big match. They start most most matches anyway. But yeah. you could almost look at it and say, well, if you took one of them out, you know, you you, you could improve things elsewhere. You could improve that control by doing that, and then have more risk on the wings, for example. But go back to Bernardo we'll and Gundogan. You know, and you know, like November time last year when De Bruyne was out. I can't remember yeah. why he was out, but he was out. And there was that. There's always been a bit of a debate, hasn't there, over the last yeah. eighteen months or so? Are City better without De Bruyne? And it's like. Oh, well, I mean, they're kind of amazing without him. They're amazing with him. But now it's not really working with him, just for now. And if, like I said earlier, if they go back to what they were when they were still struggling relatively, but, you know, not terribly, before the World Cup, you know, they'd still be fine. Nobody nobody, nobody was having podcasts like this, basically. Nobody was discussing Haaland making City worse. Then go back to that by getting Bernardo and Gundogan in midfield with Rodri. And then, yeah, maybe you go, okay, Phil, well, you can... You can do a bit more what you want to do on wide on the left, and Haaland can play. That that it might, it might be worth looking at. I mean, obviously, the other thing is you could say you could take out Haaland, but as has always been the case this season. I mean, look, you you could do that, um, but as has always been the case this season, Haaland's performances and whether he lives or dies in these games depends on the service. Yeah. I, I always, always, always go back to that Palace game when City were terrible at finding him in the first half. That was you know when Walker like belted the ball at him from like 40 yards away, just went out for a goal kick as like one exaggerated example, but something that was happening a lot in that half. And then in the second half, those passes didn't happen at all. They were more patient. They got the ball into the box to him or wherever to him and he scored a hat-trick. So it's not even like, I mean, you could make the argument that just if you were to take out Haaland, or let's say he got sent off and he was banned for three games, if you to take Haaland out and play Alvarez, you might get more of that control. But seeing as De Bruyne is playing so badly, and Haaland's just kind of doing what he's always doing. Just take De Bruyne out for one game, even, and see how it goes. But obviously, Guardiola always kind of always trusts in De Bruyne. And I suppose a really obvious example. Do you remember the Anfield game last year? Yeah, the two all when he scored that deflected effort. But it was just obvious that Guardiola was keeping him on because he's De Bruyne. Because he was he was poor in that yeah. game. But he's like, well, De Bruyne can come up with something, so let's keep him on. And I get that logic. Um, and you know, maybe with him, the way to get through those struggles is just to play and play and play um, and he normally does well against Spurs so I guess he'll play the next game but yeah there's definitely that kind of argument as Jim was saying just to kind of if you want to get that control back take De Bruyne out of it if he's going to be one of your destabilizers, and then you can either you can either not put Foden back in you can keep Grealish and Mahrez and really really drill down on the control or you could yeah you could maybe let a bit more go on the wings yeah, a bit more and let Foden play wing. his natural game because if Foden wants to go I mean, yeah, you, you can you can change his instincts over the course of his career, but at the moment, with everything else that's going on, it does seem like he's uncomfortable. And at a team when the rest, at a time when the rest of the team are uncomfortable, if you just say to Phil, "All right, will you go?" Um, we've got the bodies and the ability to control the game back here. And you know, if De Bruyne yeah. is not playing, you might see something different. Y- y- yeah. yeah, I mean, it's what what do I know? But. It, it, if if I was if I was asked to say well what, what are you going to do that would that would be one that would be my suggestion yeah. with, with the striking options as well like it's you've got Alvarez and you've got Haaland and okay Alvarez can probably join in a little bit better and he's you know he's probably a little bit more comfortable doing that 
but both of them, he signed two strikers who were both like really good at getting in behind and going, going yeah. like getting onto through balls all over the top. And we just don't play like that. Like, don't I don't play, know. Yeah. You just you just watch it and think like that's their biggest asset. But obviously, they can do a lot. They can do a lot of the other stuff. You know, it's like you know, look how look at the amount of goals Haaland scored. Look how Alvarez has scored goals when he's played and stuff. But it's just so strange to watch them. I think. Oh yeah, they're really good at going in behind, but we just we're just not going to do that, are we? So it's just yeah. weird. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Jim, I, I, I want to ask you the, the question as well that uh, seems to be on a lot of people's lips about uh, the 2019-20 season um, because I, I maintain that that the issues of this season don't feel like the same as they did in that year as much uh, uh, kind of a, as much as that year it felt like City were playing all right and then they would drop a, an absolute stinker but you never really knew when the stinker was going to come and up until this last couple of weeks it's 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 felt like. City have been like like what Sam was saying. The performances have been fine, if not great, at times. Um, and I, I just wonder how how similar to to that kind of year of it, it was a year of change and transition for, for for City from kind of one Guardiola era to the next. Like, does it feel like we're in the same sort of thing now? Are the problems similar to you? I think it's it's a transition into a different style with Harlan coming in, but I don't think the problems are as pronounced, and I don't think I don't think this. The same. I think I think these issues are easily sorted. Whereas I think the way that we sorted the nineteen twenty issues was basically completely changing the team and becoming this like team who just is obsessed with control and you know eventually got that sorted at the beginning of um and was it twenty twenty one or yeah it was all I was all yeah. in lockdown nobody can remember yeah. the exact time so, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a massive change of style like that um, because basically you're you're transitioning from the midfield of Fernandinho, De Bruyne, and, and Silva, and we, you know, we just couldn't like Silva would control the game on his own practically, and with having Fernandinho, transitions weren't as much of an issue. Obviously, we had issues in Europe and stuff, but basically, he snuffed so much out through his athleticism that. You know, we, we didn't have that problem. Now, Rodri's great at getting to the ball, getting winning, winning back possession, but he, he's not as athletic as Fernandinho, and we, we had to sort we had to sort that out. We had to compensate for that, basically, in my opinion. I don't think we're going to see as big a change as we saw back then, but I think obviously Haaland changes stuff. It's just it's just interesting to see how it'll go now. Do we just carry on down the same road and you know do it better? So keep control and Haaland's on the end of stuff and we, we make more chances for him. You know, I don't think things are... It's it's really difficult because it's been a couple of really bad performances 
But then, like like I said, like Leeds was good before the break. Fulham, we played really well against Fulham in that game where we came back at all. There was so much spirit in that as well. And now we're at a point where it's like, oh, you know, other squad. Yeah, we're playing terribly. We can't make any chances. And then, so I don't think we're we're in the same sort of situation as 1920, but I think it, it is concerning, definitely. Yeah, well, just even the the Liverpool game, first game back after the World Cup, yeah. with you know the the few players that they had, just you can't get a performance like that. You know, if Guardiola saying what they said about Southampton, and they basically they didn't have it in them, and you know they weren't bothered. Paraphrasing, obviously, there's you can't play like that against Liverpool. Um, if if you're not all in, if you're not ready, um, yeah. And, and like I said, look, there's every chance that Guardiola's lying in this press conference when he says, you know, the, there's no complacency. You know, when he was talking before the World Cup, but there was no evidence of it. There's 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 no evidence of that. Um, going up until recently when kind of he's mentioned it and, and Gundogan's mentioned it but then he's asked about it on Friday and he it was weird because he meant he talked about it in a way that was like oh yeah it, it happened we hoped it wouldn't but it did happen and you know hopefully it won't happen again as if as if it wasn't like an ongoing creep in the this ongoing situation that's that's gonna in, affect City and impact City for a long time it was just kind of like one game you know what I mean it was like oh yeah well we knew somebody was gonna get sent off it happened and it won't happen again. It, it was it was odd, but again, United, like I say, it was, it was Diet City at best. It wasn't at, it wasn't them at their best, but it certainly wasn't that kind of throwing the towel in situation. So, like, like I said at the start, you know, the big the big theme of the season is the adaptation to Haaland, but that's not the main reason for the, the current issues. And yeah. yeah, Leeds 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 was good, although they lost a bit of control at the end. Um, Liverpool was was great. Um, look, I talked about the, the Everton game and why I couldn't really get a full handle on that because I was watching on like a terrible stream that was really frustrating. But it was at, it was at least, I think we could say this, it was at least what Guardiola wanted, whereas obviously Southampton wasn't and Chelsea wasn't. Everton was at least what he wanted. And as I was saying before, I think if everyone everyone would be happy now, maybe, even though they don't necessarily like the style, if everyone could go back to what Guardiola's happy with, then that's a that's a base to build on. The issue now is... Everything's just a bit of a mess. Do you think, Sam, Guardiola needs to accept that maybe City can't just can't have as much control as they used to do, just because of of, of the personnel that they've got and and the setup? Like, if he's going to play a striker, that's just it is just the case. Um, in the sense that maybe it'll never go back to how it was, but yes, in the sense that it'll never go back to how it was, possibly, but in the sense that he could find a measure of control which is more than they've got now. With Haaland, no. You know, if, if we're saying, oh, Pep, it's never going to happen, forget it. You know, he might still find a way that is very similar and very effective that isn't the same as before. So it's almost like, if, if the insinuation there is stop trying, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say carry I'd, on. I'd never say to Guardiola, stop no, trying. No, but I'm, <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. And, uh, but this is, you know what? You know, what, one of the thoughts I've had as well, you know, I always say, especially after, you know, games when, you know, Guardiola makes a team selection for whatever reason, whether it's based on fitness or tactics or both or whatever. And I always say, look, if he came and sat down and explained it to us, every single person would go, all right, yeah, fair enough. But in terms of this going, in, in terms of this argument of, I should, Know, take the handbrake off, let City attack, blitz teams. 
I still think if Guardiola sat down and explained it to everyone, there'd still be loads of people going, ah, no, I'm sure it would still work. And I think that's part of the issue. It's, yeah, it's so yeah. tempting for us to believe with Haaland and Foden. And you can, you can say, like, really, play like he did at Villa, even though it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny if there's no space to run into. But you know what I mean? Like, that, the, those kind of arguments of, well, you've got all these great players, let's just do it. It's so tempting. It's so tempting. I think that's part of the problem because we, we look at what he's doing and this is even you know going back before the recent problems and go mm, it's a bit boring this is not it's not great um and it's just so tempting to think oh just just let them blitz teams and look, okay even if the op- it's not even the 4-3 Kevin Keegan thing is it necessarily it's okay well they might score one you might score six like, it, that's it's so tempting to think that um but just clearly it it just isn't what um pep believes i mean if I had that conversation with somebody who knows him last week. I mean, I could I could read out a bit of the transcript if you want, just to get an idea of what he's thinking. So I said, what did I say? I said, if he prefers this way with, with balance and control, why does he prefer it to like the 2017 to 2019 dynamism? And I made a few suggestions. And he was like, the answer's simple and you've already pointed it out. So that would just be what I've said on podcasts. Because first of all, 2017 to 19 is another stage. Teams evolve quickly. Some get better, some get worse. Players change, ideas change, and are put into practice. Would Sterling and, Sterling and Sane in 2017 be a devastating attack today? I'm not sure. Opponents already know how to stop both of them. In football, you have to constantly renew yourself. Um, so, I mean, you, you, could, you could break there and say, do you need to constantly renew yourself? You know, just on the outside, I can imagine somebody going, well, that's what Guardiola thinks, but is it, is it necessarily true? But I, I would say that is definitely the case. That's why you know, not many managers have been at clubs for so long being successful. Yeah. Um, and then it was secondly, bad experiences are what make you grow. So here we go, you know, in terms of, I put it in my article last week, but this is like the origin story of why is, it, why is he like this now, basically. So bad experiences make you grow. Um, Bernabeu, Champions League, why did that happen? Nobody can answer 100%, but the team lost control for five minutes. Grealish looked like he was going to score the second goal, um, but missed. Cancelo forgot to mark Benzema. Edison rushed a kick, etc., etc. You lose titles in one minute for a lack of control. There's no other answer than this. Pep has always done very well when he's managed to control the game. That's why he's pressing ahead now with this respect. It's yeah. just, he's, he's seen that, that that's what works. Um, and yeah, those... those it's the, that's the key thing, isn't it? The bad experiences are what make you grow. It's in the early, in the and, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I suppose that's a good antidote for the people saying, and you know, even even the kind of the part of me that thinks, oh, just just go back to what it was and you know, be a bit more, up, yeah, yeah, exactly, just be a bit more off the leash. But you think in this in this golden period, and you know, after the Chelsea game, Guardiola was like, don't was it don't fight against the pass because the pass is the pass is always going to win you know it's always more beautiful or whatever it almost applies exactly exactly to this because in that golden period of sterling and sane and how great it was and it was great wasn't it the 100 point season and the sea even though there was like that element of control had started to creep in a bit the season after it was great but that's when the liverpool games happened and the spurs games happened and like the champions league never really got off the ground because they'd do well in the in the group stage and then they'd play someone good and get knocked out. Obviously, you had Leon in the middle of that, which was just the big nadir of that whole season. Um, but then since then, the flip side is, okay, if you want to go back to that, well, this is what, what might happen in the Champions League, or it might happen in the Premier League more often, because you've got, it's just it's just too open, you're going to get blitzed Anfield or blah, blah, blah. Whereas now, this is the control that's got City to a Champions League final, and within, you know, a ridiculous 
sequence of events away from a second one. Yeah. And it was because they lost control for, for one minute. If they lost control for half an hour, maybe they, it wouldn't have come down to the last couple of minutes. It would have yeah. come down to the whole... They got battered, yeah. yeah. They'd, they'd have been, they, might have got, they might have got battered. Um, so I think that's the kind of the easiest way to put it, I would say. Um, yeah. And he's just, like I say, he's just trying to... He's not saying he's cracked it. No one's saying he's cracked it. It's just this is this is the process they're going through this season. Yeah, but something something else, Jim, that uh, you said before that kind of um, kind of ticked a box in, in in that why don't City just play like they did in the Centurion season discussion uh, is is Fernandinho and the the issue there of of transitions because um, as good as Rodri is, he isn't Fernandinho. They are different players and different styles of players and. Like I, when I when I sit and I think of the of the seventeen eighteen team and, and and how they were blitzing teams, there was there's there's two factors uh, kind of in in what City were doing. First off, the opposition weren't expecting it. They weren't expecting yeah. the way that City would would play so high and so wide and 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 play through them as quickly as they did. Um, and uh, and second off, it's City's personnel. Maybe the, the the squad that they've built at the moment is not an all guns blazing team. It's not a squad that can that can get in behind, especially when there's no space to get in behind. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's like it's, it's taking Jesus and Sterling away from the wings who were the most explosive options on the wings. You could argue for them to an extent, but it's taken those two away, replaced them with two strikers. And I think the theory is, look, we create, we create loads of chances. They'll score more, more than we did previously. Okay, we might, we might not create as many as we did previously, but that'll be fine. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be more clinical. And up until recently, that has been how it's played out. Harlan's battering his XG, his overperformance is ridiculous. Foden's is actually, but that's another story when, when he's in the team. Um, but, you know, we've taken that dynamism from the wings and we can't, we haven't got those options and those options anymore. And I think it's making it, that makes it look really bad because as a fan, you want to see your wingers going in behind. Yeah, the the seventeen um, eighteen season is memorable because yeah. we all we all think of it as as that time that it was really exciting to watch how City were getting in behind, and it, it just feels like that's not an option at the moment. Yeah, and it's like you said before, it's like that question about has he bought Harland and accepted that we won't have as much control. I think he's bought Harland and accepted that having Harland will mean we won't have as much control, but he's categorically like not accepted that we won't have as much control. He said like. I'll get control from elsewhere. We'll get control because that's what he's obsessed with. And okay, you put Haaland in the team. That's gonna you're gonna lose some control. But I'm not. I'm everybody else is not gonna give the ball away. And it's. I think just that's where that's where we've got to. And it's yeah. like I said before that that performance at Old Trafford when he came out afterwards and said, "We're we're really good. We had control of the game." You know, we went one nil up, and we've had one shot on target all match. And you're thinking, that's it though. That's that's what he's after. You know, okay, he'd it, love he'd love it to be like Leeds, or creating loads of chances, playing like that. But it's not as important creating the chances now as it is stopping the stopping the chances at the end. That's just that's just the facts now. From everything that he says, that that's just the way it is. Yeah. If, if we can win those, if we can win games one nil, he's happy with it. And it it, it is that is. That to me does seem like a big change because it's not only that we've changed the style. We don't have the wingers going down. He's, 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 he's sold those options as well. It's like we're not going to play like that, and yeah, it's it, 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 that is a big change. 
Just trying to think of a pun that gets uh, that that's kind of like George Graham, Pep Guardiola, but I couldn't quite yeah. do it in time. Yeah, um, just well, to, I was thinking uh, that the, I was thinking that <laughs> the other day, like, are we going to become like one nil to the Arsenal? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Just couldn't couldn't quite get there in time. You um, know what? You know what it's more like actually. Thinking about it, it's a bit like Mourinho at Chelsea because the way I always remembered it, we you know in like mid two thousands when they just like they were just horrible. They were just horrible when they just, they just won all the time. But it was like. They just go one nil up and that'll be it. But then, like, I always got the feeling that if Robin was playing, they'd win four nil. But if Robin wasn't playing, they'd, they'd go one nil up and that'll be it. And it's kind of obviously George Graham is one good example. But I feel like that first Mourinho Chelsea is, is another um, way, obviously completely different style, um, a completely different way of closing out games one nil. Um, but it is, it does seem that 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 kind of way and also just on the Jesus and Sterling thing obviously he didn't sell them I'm not saying you suggested this Jim but obviously he didn't sell them because he was like right we're not going to play this way there was a million different ways for why they they wanted to go well that's one of them they they both wanted to go um but it's it's funny isn't it we were talking about oh they could maybe do with more dynamism you know may, are they going to sign another winger and people are looking ahead and going oh they need Rafael Leao or people like that the guy I was sat next to at the weekend he was like oh, we need a, we need a Sane like, he doesn't want a Sane does he don't think he wants to lay out like that that's what i was just reading out then like there's there's no he he doesn't he doesn't see a way that that, that could work in this team with the way the team sit back against them and i'm trying to think of who they could get and i mean i've i've never heard this guy's name said out i've only kind of seen his highlights without his name being said but you know the winger the georgian winger at, at napoli kravatskelia is it like like he he kind of strikes me as a grealish type player like it's so creative, but the way he's dribbling and I don't know, he just he just strikes me as a Grealish. And you know, it's it's always funny when I'm asked to, for articles or whatever to suggest players that City could sign. And when I did that Enzo Fernandez one after the World Cup, when he got named the best young player of the whole World Cup, it's like you're just picking the best players in the world and saying City should sign. <laughs> but but it's like this this guy who's obviously lighting up for Napoli. Like this, it, it seems like that's the kind of player. Maybe maybe I'm getting the type of player. He is wrong because I'm, I'm not saying I've seen loads of him. But from what I perceive this guy to be, compared to what I perceive Leal to be, it's you know Guardiola doesn't want a layout. He doesn't want a Sane. He doesn't want a, a really fast, dynamic winger because there's just no space to run into nine times yeah. out of ten. When there is space to run into, then Grealish can do it anyway. You know, Grealish one on one is great, or in theory is great. That's the Villa Grealish. But how many times does it does it happen? Just a, a quick one as well, Sam, because uh, after the the weekend as well, uh, I know this is a bit of a handbrake turn of of, of topic, no, but um, uh, a few people have said uh, or I've seen the the discussion that City were wrong to sell Zinchenko. Uh, ultimately, yeah, you know, we've yeah. we've said that we've said that in the past. Yeah, it's that, tempting you know, to say but, that. I get it. Um, the reason he left is he wanted to leave. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, as far as I know, I mean, whenever I've said that to other journalists, they're like, oh, I'm not sure. So. But as far as I know, yeah, he, he wanted to go. And obviously, look, if you look at it now, should they have sold him before they had another left-back sorted out? It's easy to say now, no. Um, and again, even if, if if I'm going to try and either justify it or just give the context around it, at that point, they didn't think there was any issue with Kukurea or Brighton. Again, in hindsight, should they have known offering 35 million or whatever it was when they eventually wanted like 60 odd should they have known that it was a bit of a waste of time yeah pro- probably in hindsight yeah but ultimately what is the alternative there keeping Zinchenko until you don't get him and then it's just it's just that thing isn't it okay maybe some clubs would do that but 
that's but City don't do that, and it's kind of the overall approach. City won't keep a player who doesn't want to be there. Really, you know, if there's an offer, especially you know Bernardo, they've kept, but there was no offer for Bernardo really, so he couldn't go. But there was an offer for for Zinchenko, one that kind of met their valuation. And yeah, it's tempting. You look at it, like you look at all these reasons now, and now I've got to write an article on what's going on with City, and it's like, well, I kind of said on Friday in that article I did, it's the Haaland thing, and it's the recent post World Cup thing. Um, but then you start thinking, oh well, they haven't got a left back. It's like they never had a left back. Oh, they're changing all the time at centre back. They're always changing all the time at centre back. Like this time is more injury injury enforced, but they're always changing. So it's hard to know. But yeah, with the Zinchenko thing, yeah, would they have been better if they'd kept Zinchenko? Yeah. But look, it's part of the whole overall ethos, isn't it? And if that helps keep the players that are there happy, then you can't just start can't dismantle it. Yeah, it's, can't it's, can't a bit, it's a bit one. it's a bit like saying, Oh well, you want control, because you just take a little bit of less control. It's like it doesn't really work like that. It's oh yeah, you want this nice environment where players are happy. Oh yeah, but can you just make one of them unhappy? You know what I mean? It's like if you start making one of them unhappy, then it, it's it can be a slippery slope. And look, Zinchenko, knowing his attitude, most likely would have gone, okay, well, let's just get on with it. And it would have carried on and and put in his performances as he always did. But again, it's easy to see why he wanted to move on, especially to a, a good challenge like Arsenal. Not not even knowing that Arsenal were going to be top of the league at this point in the season. But, you know, it's just a good London club to move to and stay in the Premier League and play at a high level. You can see why he wanted it. But last season, he didn't even have that run in the team that he's had in the last couple. Because he's always started the season out of favour and come in and played that 20 games in a row or whatever. But last season, he played like four when Cancelo was injured in April. That was, about, that was about it, really. And then it was just substitute appearances. And I think he had like one or two over Christmas. He didn't have that run in the team. Like It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been fair to keep him, really. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, the easy answer is, would they be better with him? Yes. But I mean, as ever, the reality is... It's not, not a simple as that. Yeah, not quite that simple. Um, speaking of fullbacks, Jim, uh, when I messaged you to, to ask you if you'd do this week's show, you said, yes, as long as I can talk about Rico Lewis. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk about Rico Lewis. Uh, what, what, why do you like what you see so much from him? Speaking about Zinchenko, it's probably a good good place to start. So I think I've seen it's like pretty similar to him. Um, and, you know, I completely agree with Sam there. I, I would have loved to have kept Zinchenko, but let's face it, he barely played last season. Um, but with Lewis... Um, I just think it's he's just such a strange player to come out of an English academy. Like I think if like watching him and the way he's so comfortable inverted, and it's great. Like he's really press resistant and stuff, and he's he's really good on the ball. So he's happy to take the ball when he's marked, and, and he's happy to you know he, he can he can play simple passes. He's you know he's he's really good at doing that. But I think you know when Guardiola says he makes his teammates better around him and stuff, I think from watching him. When like the centre back gets the ball, he always goes to offer himself. But if the centre back passes it to like the winger or passes it, to, or it, he's not the option. As soon as he realises he's not going to be the option for that pass, he goes and gives himself as an option for that person who he thinks is going to get it next. It's just always his movement is just like incredible, like it, just little things like that. And I think you know, like like I said, like when Guardiola says he makes his teammates better, I think that's what he's talking about. He's always giving the right option, and I think for an English player to come out of an academy like that, I think he's pretty much unheard of. I think he's the first one to who's like a defender like that, who's athletic and can defend, can defend from what we can see. Maybe his one-on-one defending isn't that tip-top, but you know, it'll probably improve on that anyway. But he's athletic and he, he, he can, he can, like I say, he can defend a bit. Um, but it, just being able to invert like that at his age, I just think it's like incredible. If I was Southgate, I'd put him straight in the England squad because if 
if he can give you an option to do that and put that press resistance into midfield alongside, say, Rice or whoever, but do it from fullback and give you the option of like putting your other five players up in attack, then you know it opens up so many possibilities. And he, he's he's basically the best best fullback at doing that at the club already. Yeah. Do, do you think, think that's is that a a kind of one of the reasons why Guardiola likes him so much is that he sees him as a way again to control games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he, he, especially against like back fours. If we City play a three and a two, which is how he's been playing when he's been playing um, Lewis, he's been putting Lewis in midfield next to Rodri. It there's just you know they've got a back three there that can deal with transitions and but and them two sit in front of them. It just it. The ball's popping around all the time with Rodri and, and um, Lewis in there. And, you know, it just gives them just like the opportunity to play the five five up against the back four. It's why it's why when, when he played him against Everton, I was really surprised that they carried on playing like that. I thought, oh, well, we might play wide today because we're playing against the back five. And it just seemed very cautious, that to me. Like, because usually if we're playing against the back five, we'll shove Cancelo up the wing. But we just played with a 3-2. And... You know, we created we created some chances, but you know, I don't think we created that many big chances. And he didn't change it until like what was it, the eighty seventh minute or something. But I think, yeah, I just think he's like incredible for his age, and you know, I think it's just really exciting. And like I say, yeah, he's not just for City, but for England as well. Yeah. Does this um, does does it go any way to explain the Walker at centre back choice at Southampton, or is that just a um, was that just an anomaly based on the the team the other players that he had available? Because I'm just thinking if he's if he's trying to get um, kind of Walker into the team for his recovery pace and that sort of thing, and also Rico into the team to to offer the control in the centre, it, it might be what he was thinking. Yeah, uh, there's something in me that thinks he was thinking that because he didn't play him. He played he played Liverpool. Leeds Everton. Then he was on the bench against Chelsea, came on at half time, helped change the game, and then didn't play in either of the cup matches. So I thought he's going to play him in the derby. But then he played Walker at centre back, and you're thinking, well, is he preparing to play Walker at centre back and playing a back, th- a back three in possession, putting Lewis into midfield in possession, and having Walker look after Rashford on that side? That's what I thought he was going to do, but he, he may have looked at that. Walker performance of <laughs> just thought no way. <laughs> yeah, but then again, it, like the the other side of that is you would have been uh, not playing Cancelo or Trafford as well in, in that situation. You, you would have played like Ake and uh, Ake Akanji and um, Walker as like a back three. Yeah, and Cancelo had covered himself in glory at, uh, at, at Southampton, but I suppose he was playing right back and he ended up playing left back at Old Trafford. But yeah, I think there was an element of that because I. I don't think there's any reason to not not playing three uh, matches on the bounce there, especially when you've got cup games. If you if you weren't going to play him at Old Trafford, then you know just he started Sergio Gomez twice in those games, and you know I think at the moment he's probably more deserving of minutes than the Gomez. Yeah, Sam, we've said. I mean, you've said uh, particularly in the past if Guardiola will start Lewis at Leeds, then he'll start him anywhere. Um, how yeah. involved do you see him being between now and the end of the season? It will more so than. Before the Leeds game, certainly. In fact, even before the Everton game, to be honest. Um, yeah, there's. Well, it's that simple fact, isn't it? As much as anything, you've only got two good senior fullbacks. Um, you know, Gomez is kind of on a par with Rico Lewis in terms of 
he's probably behind Rico Lewis actually in terms of being trusted to start a, a Premier League game. Uh, and yeah, with with only Walker and Cancelo, they're going to need rest. There'll be a time soon when Champions League comes back into it as well. And if he trusts Lewis to play, then hopefully um, we'll see him plenty of times um, between now and, and, and the end of the season. I mean, you know, we just mentioned Zinchenko not getting a load of minutes and maybe at the end of the, the season, unless there's injuries, Guardiola is going to stick with, with those two. But you'd like to think that Lewis will, will be an option. But even you know the way it's going... Um, yeah, obviously with United coming up, he kind of phased him out and tried to get Walker back in, which always had to be the way because Walker just didn't have the fitness, did he? When he played against Chelsea, that was the first time he played since the England-France game, which was ages, and it looked ages. So he's had to play. Um, but yeah, again, with the big games coming up as well, especially Spurs um, on Thursday, it's probably going to go with that seniority um, and that trust. But yeah, they should, should given he's trusted Lewis to play and he loves him so much. We should see him plenty of times over the yeah. rest of the season. I really hope so. Yeah, um, Jim. Let's let's finish on a, a final thought for for this season because um, uh, we've talked a lot about control and the setup and how Guardiola's trying to kind of move a few pieces around to to, to kind of reinvigorate his city side and get the get the new kind of Guardiola era going. Um, how close do you think he is to find an answer to all of that? Do you think is this something that we're just going to have to maybe put up with for this season, and then at the start of next season we'll go, oh, oh, I see what he was doing, or is it something that do you think might be repaired before the end of this season? I think it feels further away than it did at any point in the season. Really, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like if you do ask me this after like that Fulham match, I would have said, we're, yeah, you know, we're in really good nick here, scoring goals, spirit looked great that day. We what were we three points behind or something or two points behind Arsenal, and it was like they're going really well, we're going really well, you know, great job so far. But obviously the last the Brentford match has happened and then we've come back after the uh, after the break, you know. Hopefully this is just like a bit of a blip, but uh, you know there is I think there, there are concerns, especially with the noises coming out of the camp as well. It's like I think. That's almost as concerning for me as like how they set up and stuff, and because it's if there's players there that are thinking this isn't working for me, for example, like it's not getting the best out of me. Like, say for instance, if I was folding, I'd be thinking potentially this team's set up to get the best out of Haaland and De Bruyne, and I'm being told to just keep possession. I can see how that would. How it feel, yeah. Yeah, it might, not, it might not be going down too well with some of the players, for example. But I think it's managing that. I think managing the squad and managing whatever's happening behind the scenes might be just as important as getting the best out of the set. Because, you know, we know it can work. We, we've, we've scored loads of goals early in the season. You know, we, we know we know this set can work, but it's just a matter of finding that rhythm again. And, you know, I think at the beginning of that second half against United, we were finding that rhythm. And we, it's... You know, I think it's just all about getting into that stride and how we get into it. And it was inverting fullbacks on on Saturday, I think, that like really helps that. But you could almost see first half there's opportunities to do that. To you know, there's there's gaps in United setup and stuff. But I think, yeah, uh, it's going there's going to be a lot on these next next few matches because we need to get back into some farm or the, the league will go away from us. But, but I think. It's concerning, but you can see that there's, there's light at the end of the summer because we've seen it happen already this season. 
Yeah, I, I think, like I said before, it wasn't bad going up to the World Cup. I know there was the Brentford yeah. defeat beforehand, but if you, in terms of you know your original question to Jim, there, you know, is this how it's going to be this season? Even if it is, City can win the league. City can win the league playing as they did from August till November. They just need to sort out whatever's going on at the minute. If they sort out whatever's going on at the minute and even go back to what they were doing before where they'd win a few games and maybe draw one, I know obviously that that does kind of rely on Arsenal either dropping points or simply City to beat Arsenal twice. And if City go back to where they were, that's definitely possible. Obviously, Arsenal look really, really good. Um, but yeah, the, the main question for me is not the Haaland adaptation. That is obviously a theme that they're working through. But that wasn't particularly bad. What's particularly bad is what's going on at the minute and all those reasons behind the scenes and all the you know the form and fitness. Um, as long as that sorts itself out and there were steps in the right direction on Saturday, um, yeah, I'm still... Like before, I always said... Like somebody asked me, like I think it was only last week. I can't remember who it was. But they were, still thinks that he'll win the league. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, of course they will. Um, that's how confident I was. Now I'm still confident, but just in the, in the sense that I think they can. I'm not saying they definitely will because I don't know if they're going to sort this stuff out. But if they sort this stuff out and they just go back to what they were doing before, then that's fine. But obviously, they might even improve on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, just a little bit nervous because Arsenal look really good, that's all. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> they, do look really good. they look great. Yeah. And, you know, I think that their team as well, how dynamic it is and how young it is. It's sort of like you look at that and you think, hmm. We don't look like that, do we, at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they are a worry because you know they're on for a hundred point season. Yeah, roll on Spurs where where weird things happen. So that'll be mm-hmm. uh, that'll be a nice and comfortable one on Thursday night, won't it? Um, but that's it for this week's Why Wizards. Thank you very much to Sam Lee. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. And thanks very much to Jim, who runs uh, City Tactics on Twitter. Jim, uh, you've got a newsletter as well. Where can people sign up to that? Yeah, it's on Substack. So if you go to my Twitter at city underscore tactics, it's at the top in the box, uh, in the bio, sorry. Yeah, lovely stuff. So uh, yeah, go and sign up to that. Don't forget, you can also sign up to The Athletic right now for £2 a month for 12 months. You can use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.